0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, Destined for Glory. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 9, verse 19. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. How does Christ execute his office as king. Five ways. First, by subduing us, by waging war against us, because we are enemies of God, arrogant, refusing to surrender to Christ. we have declared war against Christ and he comes to war against us and he what sir subdues us and his spear is pointed to your neck having been brought down and you say what Jesus is Lord I surrender by subduing us to himself and you live the rest of your life as a surrendered person as a slave of Christ in obedience number two ruling us Jesus Christ rules us daily in accordance with his constitution called the bible therefore it is your job to read it and understand it because he rules us by the book number three very comforting understanding defending us he defends us number four restraining His and our enemies. Number five. By conquering them. Defeating them. I say young people and older people. It doesn't matter who you are. He will wage war. Until he defeats you in salvation. And he wages war. Until he defeats you in judgment. That's all the choice you have. So let's turn to Romans 9. 22 and 23. Take a look at it. I said it is a difficult passage it has an if clause that goes all the way to verse 23 but there is no then clause but don't worry we we came up with it verse 22 and 23 what if god choosing to show his wrath to show his wrath is a purpose to show his wrath. Whose wrath? wrath? God's wrath, sir. Don't you ever make Jesus to be nice? He's angry, He's full of wrath, to be unleashed upon people who are arrogant. So to show means to demonstrate, to reveal. To show his wrath. That's the first purpose. But I just want to let you know what I'm trying to do. And what's the second purpose? To make his power known. But I combined both of these purposes. Because it is the way God deals with the arrogant. So I combined them. And see as one purpose. To show... His powerful wrath bore with great patience. I'll let you know what that is. He put up with, he puts up with you. There are two reasons for it. Objects, vessels of wrath, what is it? Prepared for destruction. Apollyon. That is eternal destruction. It is not a historical little problem. Eternal destruction. That's your destiny. If you have not been subdued by Christ. Let's have a serious respect for Christ. Prepared for destruction. What if he did this? That's the third purpose but I only I see it as the second because the first two are directed to the wicked. So I combine them. What if he did this to make the riches of his mercy? Riches of his glory wealth of it, the treasure of it. That's our inheritance, glory. The wealth, inexhaustible, incomparable wealth of God's glory. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known? That you will know, and I will know, we will taste it. We'll be changed from glory to glory, sir. We will be so glorified, we will live in heaven to praise God. That is the ultimate purpose. Known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared from ancient times in advance, that is from eternity, for glory. Even us whom He also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. So, friends, coming to 22 and 23, the text says, God. Puts up with objects of his wrath. Bore with objects of his wrath. With what, sir? Great patience. And so we said he doesn't kill you instantly. He doesn't pour out your wrath immediately. And the purpose, the reason was that you may repent. But there is another purpose that God puts up with you. He gives you long life. Gives you more money. He gives you all the health you want. As you are sinning. He puts up with you. By age 93, 87, 64, Puts up with you and you expect sudden destruction to come it is not happening and everybody says isn't that wonderful you have a wonderful family things are working out very nice so I say God shows great patience with wicked sinners for a second reason Because God wishes to give a more dramatic display of his powerful wrath. As he did to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Friends, when God does not punish instantly the sinner, he is emboldened to sin more and more and more. And you look for repentance, you cannot repent. And the elders meet with you and plead with you, what sir? To repent. No repentance. So he is emboldened to sin more and more and more. God lets him sin for a long time, 93 years. And they all come for your funeral and say, he did have a long life. So his sin becomes great. His guilt becomes great. And finally God dramatically displays his wrath upon him upon a nation upon a family for his greater glory. He is tricking you. He knows how to deal with you, stubborn ones, who will not bend the neck for the yoke of Christ. When God does not punish the sinner immediately and puts up with him for a long time, the sinner says, God does not see. Ezekiel 8 and 9 and 11. God does not see. God does not know. And he says, God is not. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So he becomes the vilest sinner. God lets him manifest sin in all its vileness and intensity then comes the end judgment comes Romans 2 5 But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart. Now listen. You are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed. You are storing it up. Genesis 15 verse 16. In the fourth generation your descendants will come back here. They are going to go to Egypt. I am not going to give them this land because for the sins of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. God let them sin 400 more years until it is heaped up. First Thessalonians 2 beginning with verse 14. For you brothers became imitators of God's churches in Judea which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets also drove us out. Now listen. They displease God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. Now, in this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. Don't be fooled, don't be deceived, as you sin, as you sin more, nothing happens. (laughs) You have better health, no heart attack, no cancer, no nothing. And you are promoted, you have more money, you you move into bigger house and newer cars and you are called successful. Let me give you illustration, the flood... Genesis six, seven, eight and nine, you read it: The entire world destroyed. Finally, God unleashed His wrath. He put up with them, their arrogance, their rebellion. Finally, the flood came. Even before it came, Noah was speaking and preaching and warning, but they didn't listen. All destroyed except eight people. Sodom and Gomorrah. Their wickedness reached to the heavens. And God destroyed it. except three. Look at the Exodus. They defied God and God destroyed them horse and the rider thrown into the sea 721 the northern kingdom wiped out 587 the southern kingdom wiped out and jesus felt the stubbornness of jewish people and he prophesied and it happened on ad 70 the destruction that took place. It is true, friends, you will never win. You will never win against this one who declares war against you. It will not happen. You can say there is no God, God does not see. <laughs> Or you can agree with the deism, well, God is not interested in the world anymore. No, he is the moral governor. Everything that happens in the world is by his divine decree. Friends, God's long-suffering with sinners is subordinated to the purpose of demonstrating God's powerful wrath. Sinners are here called vessels, objects of wrath. And the wrath of God is revealed against them, we are told. They are vessels of wrath prepared for ultimate eternal destruction. Philippians 3 verse 19, their destiny is what, sir? destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Matthew 25 verse 46 Then they will go away to eternal punishment. Prepared for destruction. Take a look at it. Who prepared them? Martin Lloyd Johnson. Professor Hendrickson and others, they say the sinner himself prepared himself with the help of Satan and other wicked sinners. I think they have a point. Then there are others like Professor John Murray and Arthur W. Pink. They say God himself prepared them to this reprobation. That means no special grace was ever given them. Friends, repentance is what's special grace. Special grace. Everybody has common grace, that's why you are making money. But you are not the only one who makes money. There are a lot of others who are making money by sheer common grace. Repentance is special grace faith is special grace but vessels prepared for destruction they never get special grace of repentance and faith Isaiah 51 verse 20 we read they are full of the wrath of God they are full of the wrath of God prepared for destruction. Jeremiah 25. 16 and 17. When they drink it. They will stagger and, and go mad. Because of the sword I will send among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand. And made all the nations to whom he sent me. Drink it. Jeremiah 25. Drink it. Jeremiah 25, 27 and 28. Then tell them. But if they refuse to take the cup from your hand and drink the cup of wrath, tell them, this is what the Lord Almighty says. What is it, sir? You must drink it. You must. There is no way to wiggle out of the grip of God. You must drink it look at Ezekiel chapter 7 the word of the Lord came to me son of man this is what the sovereign Lord says to the land of Israel the end the end has come upon the four corners of the land the end has come the end has come the end has come you are not going to be any more arrogant the end has come And the cup is filled with the forming wine of God's wrath and it is handed to you. And you say, I don't want to drink it. God says what? You must. must. I'm not your father. I'm not your mother. I'm not your uncle. I'm God. And you must. I'm the moral governor of the universe. I put up with you. All these years in your impudence and imbecility. But the end has come. Revelation 6:15 through 17. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, they called to the mountains and the rocks. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the land. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? You feel pretty healthy. No bronchitis. No asthma. No nothing. Pretty good. And uh, eating pretty good too. Feel very strong. Able to stand against father and mother and pastor. And everybody else. Powerful people. Talking back to God. Talking back to parents. Talking back to pastor. Turn with me to Psalm 73. And understand what I'm trying to say and apply and at the end repent. Because I'll tell you how to do it. Psalm 73 verse 3. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Verse 12. This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. And verse 17 till I entered the sanctuary of God then I understood their final destiny and verse 27 those who are far from you will perish you destroy all who are unfaithful to you they will be dealt with severely in due time their foot shall what's slit turn with me to Psalm 37 and I will read few scriptures Psalm 37 do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong for like the grass they will soon wither like green plants they will soon die away and verse 12 The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Verse 17 For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Verse 20 but the wicked will perish the Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields they will vanish vanish like smoke verse 35 and 36 I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil but he soon passed away there was no more though I looked for him he could not be found. Are you, getting, are you getting it sir? And verse 38. But all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. God glorifies himself. This is the mystery. By the outpouring of his. Just wreck upon rebellious sinners who refuse to repent, who talk back to God, who accuse God as being unjust. Take a look at Exodus 14, verse 4, and look at it. Let the eye come out of the socket. And look at it carefully. That it may help you to say goodbye to arrogance. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. When I gain glory through Pharaoh. He gained glory by pouring out hot wrath upon wicked people. He puts up with them for a long time. But the end has come. Sinners are fit for nothing but everlasting destruction. Friends, don't believe in the hug theology. Hug theology. You fornicated, hug. You lied, hug. You are lazy, hug. You are a bum, hug. You disrespect your parents, hug. You are a lesbian? Hug. You are homosexual? Hug. Don't believe in the hug theology. That is God is love. And God is amoral. No matter what you do, he hugs you, loves you. And the second purpose and the most important purpose, as the Greek text tells us, God deals with the elect sinners for a second glorious purpose and deals with them in mercy. To make known, to display, to demonstrate the wealth, the riches of his glory. The inexhaustible wealth of his glory. The plenitude of it. Upon the vessels of mercy. Whom God prepared long ago in eternity for glory. Friends, that's my destiny, sir. That's yours too. If you have been subdued by Christ the King to himself. And if He is ruling you, prepared in advance, there is no question who is the agent who prepared us vessels of mercy for glory. The text says God has predestinated us unto glory. Friends, our destination is glory. We were sinners, sons of fallen Adam, sons of disobedience, children of wrath, dead in trespasses and sins and enemies of God. Sinners who sinned and have come short of the glory of God, people of shame. But from all eternity God predestinated us unto glory. And we know that in all things God works for good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those he predestined, he also called and those he called, he also justified and those he justified, he also glorified. And in time, God called us effectually. Not only the elected Jews, but also many elect Gentiles. We became new creations. Who repented and trusted in Jesus Christ. And the Father justified us. And the Spirit is sanctifying us. We have been adopted. We are children of our heavenly father destined to glory. We are heirs of glory. So Paul says in Romans 2, 7 and 10. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor and immortality. First Corinthians two nine, however as it is written, friends, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 2 Thessalonians two thirteen and 14. But we are always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord. Because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. we are going to be like Jesus Christ. Prepared in advance for glory. To live with the glorious God in eternal happiness. Even now God is displaying his glory in us. Isaiah forty four twenty three 23 Sing for joy, O heavens! For the Lord has done this, shout aloud, O earth beneath, burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all your trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, he displays his glory in Israel. First Peter two, nine. But you are a chosen people, royal priest, or holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst, but for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life now to the king eternally immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever Amen so God's final purpose in his display of wrath and power on vessels of wrath and his Display of the riches of glory upon vessels of mercy. Both these purposes contribute to the ultimate purpose of God's glory. Friends, heaven and hell bring glory to God. God's wrath and God's mercy bring praise to God. All rational creation will know God either in his justice or in his mercy. All creation then will glorify God. In Ezekiel's prophecy, we read over 60 times this refrain. That the people will know that I am God. God is committed unswervingly to his own glory. And that all creation will glorify him one way or another. And he shall be glorified. You refuse to be subdued by Christ. You will glorify him on that day. We are saved by grace for the praise of his glory. The wicked and are judged by God's justice for the praise of his glory. Now listen. Yet, Martin Lloyd-Jones says this. Listen to this friend. It will give you great hope. The salvation of a single soul is the most wonderful thing God has ever done. Your salvation is the most wonderful thing God has ever done. That transcends creation, providence, destruction of all his enemies. And do you know that we are prepared for glory? We are prepared from eternity. And God prepared us in our mother's womb. God watched over us when we were living the prodigal life. Then in due time, he guided our feet to a preacher. Through his preaching, God effectually called us and justified us. Even now God is preparing us in sanctification. Soon we shall arrive at our destination of glory to the praise Of our glorious God forever and ever. We just learned God is patient. With sinners. And we found God is patient for a reason. That the elect sinner may repent. But he will not be patient forever. You do not know. You are an elect, nobody knows. But you are invited to cry out to God. You are invited to say what the leper said. I know you are able, but I don't know whether you are willing to heal me. So cry out to God. That's your responsibility, the preceptive will of God. That's your responsibility. The publican cried out, have mercy upon a sinner. The thief cried out. The blind Bartimaeus cried out. The leper cried out. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he touched him and healed him. Hallelujah. Friends, heaven is going to be filled with worship with music then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever Amen You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part two of this message entitled Destined for Glory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.